even though this is the Chinuch Sheh, I want to start with a story which might not sound at first hearing to be talking about Chinuch, but I learned from it a very important principle which applies to Chinuch also. There was a couple that came to the Beis they were having difficulties in Shalom Bayes areas. So the Rav was hearing both of their complaints. And one of the things that the lady said is she says, Really, I don't believe my husband really likes me. He doesn't really care about me. So the Rav turns to the husband and says, Is that true? So he says, No, I like her a lot. Okay, so he turns back to the lady and he says to her, Why do you think your husband doesn't love you? So she says to him, Well, he never says anything. He never tells me that he loves me. So the Rav turns back to the husband and says to him, Is that true? So he said, Yes. So the Rav asked him, Well, if as he said before, you do love her, why don't you say anything? So he says, look, when we got married, I told her I loved her, and nothing changed. So I should have to repeat it again. And we all understand the mistake. In the context of a marriage, it's not enough that once upon a time a person said that they love their husband or wife. people's feelings change and therefore that's something which needs to be repeated often so that a person always feels confident that they know how their partner feels about them and the same yesoid the same principle applies in chinuch also and that is a person has to be able to communicate to his children to tell them that he loves them don't imagine that is taken for granted. Don't think that of course a father loves his children or a mother loves her children. And why do I have to, it's so obvious I why do I have to even express it. Don't think that it's evident because of what you do. That you're looking after them financially, you're taking care of them, you're spending endless hours and efforts in bringing them up. And that should be the biggest proof that's necessary of your feelings for them. Maybe it's clear to you, but it's not automatically clear to them. In fact, I was talking to the Meshkech of a different yeshiva, and he said he was talking to a group of his students, a group of Talmudim, regular yeshiva boards of 18, 19, 20, and the came in the discussion, he asked them, tell me something. How many of you are confident that your father loves you? And he was amazed, he was shocked really, to see how many of them weren't that sure. They weren't that sure, they weren't convinced that their fathers loved them. I'm sure if you'd ask your fathers, I'm sure they would all say that they love their children. It may be people who have issues, there may be people who have difficulty feeling emotion, but besides for unusual cases, every normal parent loves their child. 
isn't it a tragedy that a parent who does so much, invests so much, whether it's time, whether it's energy, effort, money, thought, into his child, still is met with the feeling that the child doesn't really know that the parent care about them. And what's the way to make sure this doesn't become an issue? That your children should be confident about how you feel about them. Tell them. Tell them often. Tell them frequently. They should never doubt it for a moment. You should always be clear to them that their parents love them. And if you want, we always take our example, our lesson, of how a parent is meant to act to a child from the best role model in the world. We look how Kodesh Barba acts to Kalal Yisrael. And we see from the very beginning that Hashem loved Kalal Yisrael. But what's more important is that He expresses it again and again throughout the Torah, throughout the Levim, until the words of the very last Navi, Malachi, Hashem says, I love you. We didn't know that already. What's the Chiddush? What's the Chiddush? The Torah already says that. Because of Hashem's love for you. So why does Malachi have to repeat it? And many other Levim along the way. And the answer is, it doesn't have to be a Chiddush. But feelings can change. And therefore, a person wants the security... He wants the surety. He wants the confidence of knowing that the feeling is still there. He's still left. And that applies to our children also. That's the first point. Not only is it an important thing from the parent's point of view, from the child's point of view, that's something he's waiting to hear. And if that's the case, I was wondering why is it so difficult for so many parents to be able to express the way they feel to their children? Why is it something which they'll definitely agree that they feel, they don't necessarily naturally want to express? There could be two, maybe three reasons for it. Let's look at them. The first one is the person maybe feels that by sharing their feelings with somebody else, it makes them feel vulnerable. It's much easier to keep a distance. And it may be true and it may be a mechanism which works in relationships with other people who are distant from you. You don't want to make them feel that they, you need them. You don't want to feel vulnerable to them. When it's coming to discuss one's own children, so it's exactly the opposite. One wants them to feel close. One wants to feel close to them. And what's more, for a parent to tell their child they love them, it's not making them feel vulnerable. On the contrary, the way a parent loves a child is by looking after them, taking care of them, providing their needs. 
the love a parent expresses to a child is in the way that the parent can give to the child. That's the first point. There's the second point also. Let me also begin with a story. I was once asked to write an answer to a certain young lady just married and she felt that her in-laws were very interfering in her marriage. Why? Because the, the, she says the way that they treated her husband was always you have to do this, you have to do that. You have to come home at a certain time, you have to clean up after yourself. Just say, come on, he's already like he's already married, he's already he's not a child anymore. Why are they treating him like they treated a little child? So I asked her, tell me something. Do you find that they treat you like that as well? So she said, no. But me, they treat me like an adult. They treat me normally. It's just by the husband. Their son, they still treat like he's a little boy. So I said, I don't believe the problem is a problem that they're naturally controlling people. I, I think it's something else. Let me explain. When you meet somebody else for the first time, you get a certain first impression of them. In a relationship, it makes for a certain dynamic in the relationship between the two people. So for example, let's say you meet somebody who you look up to tremendously. In whatever field it's going to be, you think they're much more knowledgeable than you, much more experienced than you, have much more ability than you, and therefore the nature of the relationship is going to be that you look up to them, you respect them. And it could be with the passage of time in a few years down the line, you're on an equal level to them. You've also learned, you've also got the experience, and now you're equals. But the way you relate to them is unlikely to change. There's a certain first impression which remains. And it happens the other way around as well. Somebody that your first interaction with, your first meeting with, is uh, somebody who you, you employ, somebody who you feel superior to, somebody who you're teaching. It's very hard to get out of the mindset of seeing them in that position and get to treat them later on as a comrade, as an equal, as a colleague. The first dynamic, the first, so to speak, interaction, so to speak, sets the tone for all future interaction. And it's very hard to change that. And therefore, I told this young lady, the problem your in-laws have is that they still see their son as a little boy. Yes, he's grown, he's married, he has a house of his own. But in their mind, he's still a little boy. And the way they treated him then, giving him instructions, having certain expectations, it hasn't changed. They still think of him, they still treat him the same way. Now, if that's true, for one's first interaction, so to speak, with one's children, and he still regards them as being small, as being needing to be spoken to like little children. And some people have this problem a stage earlier than that. Their first interaction with their children is when they're babies. When they can't understand, they can't communicate. And therefore, they get into the mode of treating a baby how a baby needs to be treated. Taken care of, fed, clothed, 
looked after. They're definitely not communicated with. You can't talk to a baby. And that remains the style, the mode of how they relate to their children, even as the children grow older. And that's the problem. The parent who thinks they're expressing their care, their concern, by the fact that they look after their child, they feed and clothe them, they send them to school. They can even provide extras. It's all good. But it doesn't replace the need for communication. And when the child's old enough to understand, at whatever level the child's old enough to understand, you need to use that opportunity to communicate with them at that level. For the little child, it's just saying, the parents saying, that daddy or abba or tati, whatever you call themselves, or emma or mommy, whatever she calls themselves, loves you, does the job. Say it often. It be something the child's used to. And as the child gets older, then you have to adapt the way you express the way you feel. But it's still important. So that's the map. The first reason, maybe a person feels that it's obvious, that they need to express it. And that's not always true. That's not always true. It needs to be expressed. And the second reason, that a person gets into the mindset of acting to their child as they did when they were a baby, when they were too young to be able to understand. So as a child gets older, we have to adjust the way we relate to them based on the level they're holding by right now. And this brings me to the third possibility. That is, sometimes parents think that if they, so to speak, express a love and affection for their children, it will compromise their ability to teach them. They feel that a teacher has to be more aloof, more separated, more at a distance. And by showing closeness, and therefore, they withhold themselves from saying how they feel, because they think that way they'll be more effectual as an educator. And the truth is, it's exactly the opposite. It's exactly the opposite. A person is so much more receptive to learning from somebody who he feels close to. A person so much more naturally accepts and tries to emulate somebody that they look up to, not just from a distance, but from up close. And that's the unique position that a parent's in. As opposed to a different educator, a teacher, a rabbi, a Rosh Hashiva, a Mechanech or a Mechaneches, who the student only sees from a distance and only gets to know in a certain setting, in a formal classroom setting, when they're wearing, so to speak, the clothing for the job, when they're acting the part of the Mechanech of the Rosh Hashiva. So yes, they have what to share. And they definitely can educate, but from a certain vantage point only. And what makes the parent difference is that their child sees them in every situation. Sees them on Shabbos at the Shabbos table. Sees them on Arab Shabbos when they're getting ready. Sees them in the morning and sees them at night. Sees them when they're learning, sees them when they're at recreation. 
And therefore, the child sees the parents from a much broader, so to speak, perspective. This very point makes some parents think that they're inadequate to teach their children. They think their children know them too well. They feel they're too close. And therefore they prefer somebody should be the one to talk to and influence and direct their children who has a more of a distance. And once again, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. You want your child to grow up in a certain way in all the areas to know what to do. Not just in the classroom setting. Not just in the best measures. Dafka, the parent, is in a position to show them, direct them, teach them. By example, and by what they say, in all the different settings you mentioned. But, the way to do it is specifically not from the formal, so to speak, educational aspect that the teacher can provide. It's Dafka from a feeling of closeness. That the child wants to emulate the parent. Let me explain. We have two titles for Hashem. One is Ovino and one is Malkeno. What's the difference between a father and a king? Both of them we look up to. A child looks up to his father. A servant looks up to the king. Both of them are reliant. The child relies on his father. The servant relies on the king. So what's the difference? So I think the difference is like this. The servant, in his relationship with the king, the servant will always be a servant. And the king will always be a king. And for the servant to think, one day I'm going to be the king, is rebellion. Is rebellion. He'll get punished for such a thought. Your job is to be a servant. Don't have any designs, any thoughts about taking the crown. Whereas when it comes to a father and a son, people don't live forever. And really, every father wants his son to take over from him one day. And it's a possible. In place of your fathers will be your children. And therefore the son is meant to think, one day I'll replace my father. Whether it's in the business, whether it's the title, whether it's the prince that replaces the king, whether it's whatever you consider important in life and you want your children to perpetuate. The son's job is to continue the job of the father. The Gemara says, Ben Karadavo. The son is like the foot of the father. He continues to walk the way the father walked. And therefore, the way to, to relate to your children isn't as a melech. Isn't as a melech. Isn't that you feel that you're in a pedestal that they can never reach? That you're too distant from them to ever emulate? That builds a relationship of a melech. What you want to build is a relationship of a father. That your children look up to you, but look up to them as something that they want to reach as well. When we talk about Hashem, we talk about Avinu, we talk about Malkeinu. In some ways we can try and emulate Hashem, 
That's love, you know. And in some ways, we will never ever emulate Hashem. He's way above us. That's Malkainu. So in our relationship with Hashem, we talk about both. But in your relationship as a father, so the way your children should look at you, look up to you, is someone they want to be as well. And the starting point of developing it will still be as Hashem. Go into more details. How to how to instill that want into your children. That they should grow up wanting to be like you. But the starting point has to be that there's a connection. That there's a connection. They feel close to you. The mechanic who's distance maybe can impart information. But he's never going to impart He's never going to build that closeness. And that's not the job of the parent. There, it's the opposite. We want to build a closeness. I have to finish with the story. A beautiful story which I say I've often. It's a story about Simcha Vassaman in the years when he had a yeshiva in Los Angeles. A small yeshiva. It never numbered more than a hundred bachrim. And one time in the Bes Midrash, Rab Simcha was giving a shir. And he saw an older man coming in quietly and sitting down at the back of the Bes Midrash. So after the shir was over, Rav Simcha went over to him to introduce him, to welcome him. And he asks, who are you? So this man gives a name. He says, tell me something. How many students are you, do you teach in your yeshiva? So he said, a hundred. So this older man says to Rav Asaman, he says, you should know, before I retired, I used to teach thousands of students. Really? In what way did you teach thousands of students? He said, I used to be a professor of history in the University of Los Angeles. And every year there were thousands of students in my lecture room. But now I'm retired. So Reb Simchus asked him, I'm sure even if you're retired, you must be a very busy man. With all those thousands of students, you know, to keep up with them, to go to their Simchas, to attend their weddings and the one the children's brisim. I'm sure you're busy all day. So the man said no. He said even though I taught thousands of students, after they left the door of my lecture room, I never saw them again. And Red Simcha said to him, that's the difference between your teaching history and our teaching in Yeshiva. He said, you were teaching a subject, you were teaching history. He said, and I'm teaching Talmudim. I'm teaching students. And when a person's teaching people, teaching students, then it's not just a dry topic which I'm going to impart the information to them in a distant way and they need them. Part of the experience of teaching Torah is it builds a bond with the students because the student wants to be like the Rebbe. And that's the way it's meant to be. Vishinantam Nabonech Rashi says, Elo Talmidim. The Talmud, the student, is meant to want to emulate the Rebbe. It's a relationship of a father to a son. And if that's talking about a teacher, that's talking about a mechanech, or a mechaneches, then how much more is it true for a real parent? That it's meant to be brought to the child in such a way that he wants to emulate the parent. 
that's really, so to speak, what he's in line to do. And the starting point of that. The first step has to be to build that love, to build that closeness. If the child wants to, likes the parents, if the child likes the parents, then the next step is the child will want to be like the parents. That's the first point we wanted to talk about. The importance of verbalizing and reiterating as often as is necessary your love for your children. Because that's where command upon him upon him. That will be reciprocated. They'll also feel the love for you. That itself is a goal. That itself is admirable. But it's also the first step in them wanting to decide that they want to become like you when they become adults as well.